You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Tuesday, uh, November 14th, and we've got a mailbag show coming off the bye, Jamie. We didn't record a Thursday show last week. You were with your, your wonderful son doing school stuff, and uh, I just said, you know what, man? I need a break. I, I, need, I, need, I need some time to reflect on how I feel about this football team. It was it was time well spent, I think, Jamie. I did a lot of thinking, and um, and it's good because it led into the mailbag. Uh, we got a lot of good questions, and um, it's it's going to be a spirited discussion, I think, today about offensive coordinator and uh, you know transfer portal quarterbacks and uh, all sorts of other questions related to the Notre Dame football program and uh, from Irish Sports Daily customer. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If this is your first time catching us, if you haven't caught us before, please uh, hit the like button, hit subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know we're going live. Links to the podcast are in the description below. And um, I've we have come back bearing gifts, Jamie. We come back bearing gifts for the people and for the listeners of Hit and Hustle. God Wang has come through the ESQ clothing this holiday season. There is no better gift for your husband, your father, your brother, your son, your nephew, your friend. I was telling my friend about this uh, just before we popped on. I said, you got to go over to ESQ Clothing. Uh, you've seen ESQ's bamboo dress shirt on all your favorite coaches and players. And, and the world's it's the world's most comfortable dress shirt made of sustainable bamboo fibers. The bamboo shirt is naturally odor resistant, wrinkle resistant, even machine washable. Three degrees cooler than cotton, Jamie. Three degrees cooler so you can sweat it out watching games for the remainder of the season. Get ahead of the holiday season and use ISD25 for 25% off your online purchases at esqclothing.com or visit God's uh, Chicago showroom to get your perfect custom fit. 25% off, Jamie. We're saving those up. AC bills in the summer, too. Three degrees. <laughs> saving the AC bills. That's a big three, difference. Three degrees. It's 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 its own uh, it's its own air conditioning system. So uh, it's it's good stuff. Uh, thank you everyone for being here, Jamie. Uh, how was your buy? How how did, how did you spend the time? Did you watch a bunch of football? How, how was it? I did watch a decent amount of football. Um, yeah, it was good. Just kind of a relaxing. It feels weird. The structure of the schedule this year was was garbage. Yeah, to, to have two buys that close together um, is bad. And that didn't, I don't, I don't think that helped. Uh, I mean, certainly didn't help the program. I don't think it's good for like coverage of the team, like media wise either. Um, it's like a, it's kind of a bad thing to go from uh, that game and to have like, to, to have that Clemson game linger in the minds of uh, fans too. Like yeah. that just said, that doesn't help anything. Would have been much better to, to get uh, back right, uh, right back into it right after. So um, yeah, I don't know. I had a pretty, I had a pretty good buy. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Just uh, a lot of family stuff. So it was good. A lot of family stuff. That's great. Um, it's an absolute disgrace uh, that what, what happened with the Michigan situation. I it, it's oh, yeah. it's absolutely embarrassing. Like the entire media structure needs to just break down. The way that these people 
are just enabling these these cheaters. <laughs> like they can't. I don't understand why they can't call it for what it is. Like everyone is is trying to figure out: is this fair to Harbaugh? Is it fair? It's. I'm. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. They cheated. Whether or not they knew or whatever, the fact of the matter is, is that opponents, the players that the Michigan played against, were cheated out of a fair, fair playing field. And like, what, what about equity for them? Where, where does their, where is their justice come from? No one cares. It's all about, oh, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh. I got Sharon Moore crying in the post game. Oh my God. That was it's so just bad. like, it's just, it's just unbelievable. It's terrible. Um, so I, I, I was appalled by that whole thing. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how I spent it, but it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a good buy. It was, it was a good buy week for me. Uh, YouTube user says, sorry to go off topic here, but I usually don't get to listen live. Thank you for being here. YouTube user. Greg, off-season pod idea. Can VSR do a mashup of your best segs from the season? <laughs> they probably could. I, I mean, I probably could do it. I, I just need to go back and, uh, you know, find all the video and everything. Um, so, you know, that's I – could, I could try to do something like that. Uh, the, the chat's going off, Jamie, about the, uh, the, off, the, 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 um, the OC and, the, and, you know, transfer portal quarterbacks. There's so much going on. I can't, I can't go back and like, I can't rehash this whole conversation that's going on. I, from what I see though, it's, it's a spirited debate and everyone's being cool. So that's fine. So go about your business. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring up the, uh, the mailbag right now and we're going to get into it. Uh, Cameron crazy, uh, Cameron Crazy, uh, 8, 818. Uh, Texas AM hires Mike Elko, Freeman, and Bowden. Uh, need to convince Riley Leonard, Graham Barton, and Dwayne Carter to hit the portal and come to Notre Dame, make them offers they can't refuse. Uh, uh so- is, the, is the call coming from inside the house here? This guy's a Duke guy, and he's Cameron like, crazy. <laughs> take our guys, <laughs> take our guys away. Uh, but our first question has to do with uh, Texas AM, so let's get into it. Uh, Sloth asks, what potential AM hires would you most fear to be on the sideline against Notre Dame next year? Uh, what about long term? What what would you fear uh if you were on the AM rival? Uh, would those be different answers? So who who do you not want to see coaching uh against Notre Dame next year for Texas AM and opening? I mean, I think out of the options, they got like there they're not many bad options out of like the names that you see. Obviously, you see Dan Lanning say that he wasn't and i think that's probably a good thing uh in the long term because i think he was pretty de- that's pretty definitive yes he's not going anywhere um yeah and he shouldn't like everything is set up for them to do well um they can still like where they're positioned right now too i think they're in a better they're they're in the best position on the west coast yeah to land most of the top guys west coast they they can recruit national they have nike like nobody else has nike um money if it's money they money is not a a a thing there so it's it he just would have to really want to go coach in the sec and just be like oh we're gonna go for text but it's like you go to a&m you still have to compete with everybody in the sec and everybody uh you have to compete with texas for recruits and you gotta get alabama's going into texas like it's hard and and i would say that um even with the Big Ten adding all these teams, it's still probably going to be easier to 
you know, get one or two losses in the Big Ten than it is in SEC is going to be tougher to 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 navigate. So I don't think it, may, it makes a ton of sense for him, but uh, to go there. So I think, you know, it's probably a smart move. Um, I mean, I think Mike Elko would be not a guy that you want to see there because immediately he makes them just like competent. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he's a good coach. Like he's, he's a just, good coach. Yes. And so I, I, I would not want to see him. I mean, I, it's hard because there's so many names that are just like, like Mike Norvell is a name that people have talked about, you know, Mike Elko, they're going to go after basically any coach, um, any coach that is, is you know, when we're talking about the Dan Lannings of the world, like that's who they're going after. So yeah. it would, it would have to be, it, it just like, I think the fact of the matter is, is that Texas A&M is going to be better next year. And they're going to be more competent next year. It's not going to be just kind of like a mess dumpster fire. Like they're going to yeah. be, they're probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, so that's kind of just kind of the reality of it. Yeah. And I think that it, it's going to be an interesting uh, kind of case study because I think, you know, obviously they're going to go after like a big sitting power five guy. Like yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty fair to say, but if you look at it, like if you are, if you're a good coach in the big 12 or you're a good coach in the ACC, why would you not take the Texas A&M job? Like if you're in the big 10, yeah, whatever, unless you're, a, if you're a lower level big 10, whatever. Right. But I don't think they want any of the lower level big 10 guys, but I'm just saying, right. Like there really is, um, or you could see like someone in the sec trying to like trade up. Like, so I mean, you get more resources at Ole Miss got plenty of resources, but they don't have the same resources that Texas A&M has. So if Lane Kiffin took that job, it would make sense, right? It would, yeah. it would make sense. And I mean, Lane automatically that offense is going to be rolling and, and they're going to be good and they're going to add a ton of guys in the portal and all that. But I, I think it'll be interesting because I could see it in certain perspectives, like a lot of times when there's a new coach, someone can just go in and they're like, we got to get rid of these guys. Like these guys are even some of these guys who are like former five-star guys. It's like, this guy's poisonous, right? Like yeah. we got to get him out of here. And I don't know if it'll be like that because I'm, I'm sure they have a culture problem, right? They got to have a culture problem there, but there's a lot of guys who are studs there that, that you would want to keep. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I've been definitely thinking about bringing back to what uh, the one guy said about Cameron, Cameron crazy, trying to poison his own program. Uh, those like Riley Leonard is definitely coming back to school. Like it's been a miserable year for him. Because yeah, of yeah, injury. yeah. Like, but Graham Barton and Dwayne Carter uh, are not coming back to school. Like I would be shocked so th those they, guys they are, are they're like top 50 prospects right now yeah i mean maybe not Dwayne carter's not a top 50 prospect but he's like i first of all i'm not sure that he has another year he might i'm not 100 mm. sure uh but he i i would be surprised if he if he did but it, i mean certainly and that's a guy but then also too it's like if that's the case. Like you would only take Dwayne Carter if you knew Cross and Mills were gone. 
you know, like those, yeah. like, so that's kind of like the priority is like keeping cross and mills probably first. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot there uh, for us to consider for Texas A&M to consider for all those guys to consider. Uh, but A&M's going to have a good coach. Like there's just no, it's not one of these deals where it's like, Oh, like uh, they have to see if Kalen DeBoer will work out or something. Yeah. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a good, real good uh, coach. Uh, Sloth uh, also asked with regards to Marcus Freeman's comment about a fourth quarterback on roster and leave it at open and ended about whether that is a high school recruit or a transfer. Do you see any plausible scenario where it is not a transfer or does Ron Paulus have another son who was a high school senior who was coming in as a second quarterback in the class, no matter what um, little joke about the, this like yeah. Ron Paulus, the third, just kind of showing up yeah. and being like, yeah, he's on scholarship. Um, I, I can't, there's no way it's, it's a high school player. No, no. way. No, no, they want to no. do that. To, why would you do that to CJ Carr? They would like, never that's do just asking CJ Carr, CJ Carr would, not to be in the class. Yeah, you would never. Do, they would never do that. And then plus, you got Deuce Knight. You don't want to rock the boat there either. Exactly. Right? So yeah. They would never. They would never do that. So it, it won't be that. Um, it'll it'll be a transfer guy. And I, I do think it's a good idea to bring in someone from that perspective. I probably didn't think about it enough that uh, bringing in somebody because. All of a sudden, you get, you get like one injury away from disaster next year yeah. with three quarterbacks, right? That's just kind of um, the situation. So getting a fourth guy and a guy who could play, I think that is important. I think it all just depends, too, though. Like, I think before we said, like, you know, oh, it depends on who's there, right? And now, first of all, they're not going to – I don't think it's going to work out the the same way, like – Last year wasn't a good quarterback year in the portal. Like Hartman was the top guy by far. Yeah. And even if you think it's for people who've obviously been disappointed somewhat with, with, with Hartman uh, this year overall, he's probably like still been the second or third best uh, guy from the portal in terms of how he's performed this year. Like it's Shadur Sanders, then probably him, you know, like there really isn't another guy um, that has been great. Shadur Sanders is I, I, he's separate to me though. Yeah, and he's you know, totally like separate. He's, he's, yes, exactly. I, I think he's different. I think yeah. it's him and like DJU. Yeah, DJU, right? You would say. I, right? I think it's I, those I, two guys. The rest of them have not been good. I mean, Graham Hurts. They haven't. Whatever. He hasn't been very good. Spencer Sanders didn't work out at all. Um, what's his name? The NC State kid. Armstrong. He has not worked out. Yeah. Armstrong has not worked out. Devin Leary did not work out. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, it's just been, yeah, it wasn't good. But the year before you get Caleb Williams, uh, you get Quinn Ewers, you get a whole bunch of guys. Like it's, it's yeah. Penix, like, uh, there's Hudson a lot Card, of guys, by the way, didn't work out. Hudson Card didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Daniels was the year before too. Like there's all of these, it, it just depends. It depends who's available. Um, but like, I mean, Arch Manning might be available because if Quinn Ewers, I think is going to come back. So yeah, I don't know. Right. Like, I mean, Jack, I mean, Jay Smith mentions Jack Plummer. I mean, Jack Plummer, considering he's probably top five and he's not good guys. <laughs> he's not good. They did not win the game at all because of Jack Plummer. He just was like, didn't make his normal, you know, f four big mistakes per game. Right. Like, um, they won the game because of Jawar Jordan and their defense. Like, um, I, I think 
if you got a Jack Plummer type, I don't think that is a disaster for this year just to get somebody there. And then you hope that obviously Angeli or Minchie or whatever, like wins the job. Uh, but you might have to take somebody just like that, just to get somebody in. I mean, couldn't, I mean, couldn't Angeli be Jack Plummer? Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I think Angeli, I think Angeli's got more talent than Jack Plummer. I did just my yeah. opinion. Right. Um, um, yeah. I mean, Jack Plummer, he threw for 145 yards in a win against Notre Dame. He threw for 117 in a win against Duke. He threw for 141 in a win against Virginia Tech. Like, I mean, sure, you know, he's, he's like just... a he's like <laughs> the 50th rated rated guy in QBR in ESPN. Yeah, like, like he's, he's not. He's, he's running the operation the way that they need him to run the operation. Yes. So. He's a good uh, stopgap guy for them. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good job by him. All right. Moby, I mean, this is when we get to the, the meat of it. Um, imagine you're Marcus Freeman and you retain Parker. How do you justify that decision? In season growth, injuries, poor play, uh, continuity, growing pains, blind faith, asking because there appears to be a good chance Parker is not fired. Um, I mean, of course, there's a chance, right? Like he's, there's a chance. Um, so how do you how do you justify it, Jamie? Can you make a case for it? I can make a case for it. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff that he brought up, right? Like just yeah. in terms of like the injuries and some of that. And then you could look at like the the guard situation. Like, I mean, that that's not Jared Parker's fault. I don't even think it's uh Joe Rudolph's fault. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I or Zeke or even Zeke Carell just kind of being Zeke Carell's level. That's not obviously that's a guy that's just there. Like that's not right. um that's got nothing to do with Jared Parker. Um and I I mean th- there are reasons you can point to and say, like, hey, uh, this guy he would deserve another chance. And I think in in another circumstance, I think if this was year one of Freeman, I think he would be a very very good chance that he's a hundred, like I would say like 90% chance that he's retained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now this is the second year of Freeman. And so there's more heat now than there was a year ago where last year, obviously there was heat, but at the end of the year, you're like, okay, that's year one. He, you know, Freeman was kind of dealt a bad hand, whatever. And it's not that uh, Freeman still, there's obviously like a bunch of stuff like BK left a bit of a crap sandwich in, in certain areas too. Right. Like, I think we can all agree with that in certain personnel areas, right. Like um, that that's part of what happened uh, or, or, or what's gone on with the roster and some of the roster deficiencies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that doesn't matter. And in, in when it, the, people don't care about that, they'd look at the defense and they'd say, this team should be nine and one or 10 and zero, right? right. And uh, they look at all these things and, and, and they're like, well, the team underachieved, right? The team should be better. Mm-hmm. So that's on Marcus Freeman. So next year is a huge year for Marcus Freeman. So it's kind of like if he goes out and then, and all of a sudden Jared Parker's not working out and he's got to make a move in season or something you can't you can't just 
I mean, he might not make it through the thing. Like yeah. he has to think about all these things, right? So it's 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 not as simple. Um, it's it's not as as simple as that. There's man. I mean, I don't envy him. It's it's a very difficult uh, thing that he's going to have to you know decision he's going to have to make. You could make the case that Jared Parker came into just the worst situation anyone's had at Notre Dame, barring like 2007 you know, offensively where the wide receiver, when he was, when he took the job, when he accepted the job, when Sam Hartman, and this is kind of a defensive Sam Hartman as well. Like when those guys signed up to run the offense for Notre Dame, Caleb Smith was supposed to be a receiver, like Caleb Smith, Virginia tech. He was supposed to be boundary. Uh, Deion Colsey was supposed to be boundary. Jaden Thomas was supposed to be a wide receiver. Lorenzo Styles was supposed to be a wide receiver. None of those guys are playing for Notre Dame right now. Uh, Lorenzo Styles left the program. Caleb Smith left the program. Uh, Jaden Thomas is hurt. They lost Mitchell Evans for the season. You know, like yeah, not just that, but now now Jared Parker has to deal with the fact that that Sam Hartman has never been in an offense like this. Right. He has no upperclassmen wide receivers who have played wide receiver previous to this year beyond Chris Tyree. I mean, even something as small as like Matt Salerno going down hurt them. That does. Yeah, for sure. It just like it, it ended. It ended up mattering. It didn't need to matter, but it ended up mattering. And that it's just very difficult. Right. Look. You have to in hindsight, you do have to look at the NC State game and be like, you know what? That's a really good job. Like that's it. No one has gotten over on NC state like that this year. It's it, yeah. they did a great job in that game. That was when they had Jaden Thomas. That's when they had most of their players. And, and so that's a good game. Okay. So I do think you have to look at that. And I do think that it's unfortunate for him that it is the situation that it is going into year three with Marcus Freeman. And look, someone made the point in the chat. And so whoever it was, uh, thank you for that. If you if you remind me, I don't want to go back and find it, but um, someone made the point in the chat. Like Jared Parker was is kind of in the shoes that Marcus Freeman was in last year. Like he wasn't meant to be the offensive coordinator for Notre Dame in 2023. He was brought in to coach tight ends. They tried to hire two other people and they didn't. Okay, and then he stepped up and he was there. Right, that wasn't the plan. Notre Dame did not hire Jared Parker last year. It's like, you know what? We're going to groom him to be the OC. That was not the case, you know? And, and he came in, and I, I honestly, if you, if you just look objectively without any sort of expectations, without anything else, anything else, you could say, you know what? He's done a really good job for Notre Dame this year. And, and like, relatively speaking. But, like you say, it's not just relative. Like, there are different kinds of, uh, there are different things that you have to factor in to, you know, whether he keeps the job or not. And it's unfortunate for him because, and this is why the hire was such a risk because you can't, when he has a season like this, where there's some good, some bad, you can't go into next year. Well, I, I don't want to say you can't, but it's very difficult to go into next year, hoping that all the factors that we just listed are, are things that can be corrected and you're going to have the good part 
of yeah. of Jared Parker and what you see. You you can't do that because you can be into two games next year and be like, you know what? It's it was he couldn't figure you could it out. You could be in a one game. You could be at the you, Texas A&M game and exactly. it could be like a disaster. And you could lose 34 to 10. And, and then like, all you this, know what? Oh Wait, my, yeah, we and then it, it can look horrible, right? So it's just man and and obviously if it's a new guy, that new guy even if the game they struggle right away, right. that guy will get the benefit of the doubt cuz he's got, you know, more um you know because he's got more cachet because it's the first game right it's like ship kelly had like a bad first game as a head coach it's like well it was his first game and then they turned it around and they did great after right like there's just a there's a it's a very complicated thing and obviously people have brought up the sword work thing too that makes it extra complicated because of all that too um man it's just like a bad situation all around it just it just yeah what became a it was a bad situation to start. He go back to the take a Nandy Ludwig to the hockey game and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and then everything that has gone on and it just looked like it was. I think people were hoping that it was going to work out really well, and and like you said, after that NC State game, I thought, wow, man, I thought Jared Parker. I I, was I thought I thought they had something there. I really I, did. I, even I after Ohio that. State, even after Ohio yeah, State, I think he, they were, he did a much better job than people give it credit for in that Ohio state game. Um, and obviously the injuries took a big toll after that, but I mean, you got to find a way and that's the thing. And they haven't. And, um, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we've talked about it to death for a long time, but it's just, I know people want us to keep us to keep talking about it, but it's just, it's, it's really a complicated situation and it's not just black and white. Like this guy sucks. Get rid of them. Yeah. It's there's all of these other factors that go into it. And um, there's also the thing is like, if you're going to fire him, okay. Who's that guy? You have the next guy. It's gotta be, you have him yeah. because if you, you don't, can't, you can't have search, like an extended search. Again. You can't have an extended search. That guy has to be in place right away. So, yeah. There has to be a ton of back channeling with the agents and all that kind of stuff. And who knows, there might already be stuff going on right now. Right. But I'm just, that all it has to get settled. And if I'm like peep of aqua, I'm like thinking of, cause, cause he's got to have a, you know, a say in all this too. Right. Like, I mean, there's gotta be a ton of conversations going on in, in every single thing. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Interesting. The one thing I'll say, it's good for page views. On it's uh, good for page. Uh, good, good for well, page views. And here you see, you brought up Pete Bavakwa too, right? Like Jack Swarbrick, been in, been around the college game for a long time. Like he knows people. He has relationships, right? What relationships does Pete Bavakwa have in this area? Like what, what, what input can he be like? You know what? Like I really like this OC from Toledo. Or, you know, I really like Jason Candle. You know, a lot of people have said good things about him. Or a lot of people have good said said good things about uh, Brian Lindgren up in Oregon State. Like, you, let's let's get them out. Like, he, what is his expertise in this area? Like, I, why should we think that he has any, you know? So that's another factor where it's like <laughs> it's, there's a lot going on and not a lot is particularly good. And kind of my last thing on this is, like, it does feel like, it does kind of feel like USC last year with Grinch and it just being like, you know what, like we could talk our way out of this, but when you watch the games and in the moment, just the visceral reaction is, man, this is just, this is not it. 
is not yeah. it. And so um, that's well, kind of it's interesting too. Sorry to interrupt, but the no, the you're thing good. with uh, the thing with Grinch. And this is another thing, how the schedule can set it up. And the schedule, too, this year, because the schedule, everybody knew. Notre Dame has all the schedule that set up well for them early on, right? And then the, the heart of the schedule got there, and it was not good for Notre Dame's offense, mm -hmm. right? And the thing about USC's defense is, even though they weren't good in those first six games, they were 6-0. and So – Maybe if they had played Oregon early and just got boat raced, and then it's like, then you make that decision, right? You make you make that decision there, and and he's forced, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley's forced to make that decision, and that's obviously not uh, the what what happened because they're scheduled, and it's like it's one of those things, right? Like, I mean, BVG was just so obvious that was just like the biggest. Uh, easily the biggest mistake of the Brian Kelly, yeah. Um, thing and not even just originally hiring him, obviously, that was a mistake, but to bring him back after 2015, uh, was just a massive mistake. And, and like, here's another thing I, I we meant to move off this, but it's a point that I think needs to be made too in, in defense of Parker. When has Notre Dame faced? defenses as good as nc state ohio state duke louisville and clemson all bunched up in like five of the five of seven games they just haven't had that right like that has not been they've faced like maybe one or two of those types of defenses a year yeah louisville has turned out to be really good defensively duke they're is top really 20 and they're they're 20 in df plus louisville is Ohio yeah. State is third. Um, you know, Clemson is ninth. Duke is 24th. Um, I mean, those are they they played a lot of good, good NC State is 16th, right? They played a lot good of good defenses. defenses. This is when probably is the happen? hardest defense year. So it's yeah. It's just tough. I mean, yeah. it's just like I feel bad for the guy. It, it's it's a, a lot of things went wrong for Jared Parker that really were not within his control. Um City K core uh, asks. So, an honest opinion. Do you think? Let's just say, do you think? It's just your opinion, okay? Whether you think it, do you think that Jared Parker will be Notre Dame's OC next year? I I, I honestly don't know. Um, my guess is because of what uh, what I said earlier about the kind of the pressure to make sure you get it right next year is I would lean towards no because of that. Uh, I just think that there's, I mean, there's just a lot of pressure to get it right. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, it's it's kind of one of these things where it's like, I, I don't think this year you can say like, man, Parker doesn't deserve to be an offensive coordinator again. Like, you know, like after the Brian Van Gorder experience, I was like, who's going to hire this guy as a DC? And then like two other programs hired him after to be their DC. And that was, so that was just malpractice, you know, uh, hiring malpractice by those other programs after. But I think with Parker this year, I could easily see him, you know, getting another job if he doesn't get, uh, you know, if he, if he gets let go. Right. So um, I don't know. I, I think because of that factor, I would lean towards that. But I, 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 my honest opinion is I don't, no, 
I don't. Yeah, it's hard. It, it, it is hard. And I and I bet you Marcus Freeman doesn't know. And like a week ago, I'd have been like, no way. Like, no, they can't. Um, but then when you factor in, like you do have to have someone in mind who you know is better, who you know is better. Yeah. You know, and and I I don't know. I mean, look, if you told me like like Brian Lingren's in play, then yeah, you should go get him. Because you do have to be confident. Like you do have to be confident. It's like this person I know can teach offense, like can teach the the things that we want to do. This guy can teach it, you know, and that is um, that's the that's just what you need. Right. And so I, I do think that that is kind of like the um, I think that will tip the scales at the end of the day. But I, I don't I, I can't say that I know for sure. So that's that's where that is. Uh, Keenan Knight, which is kind of really changing topics. How did you both get into Notre Dame beat writing and ISD? Do you have other side gigs we should support? Uh, just support this gig because this is my gig. So you know, yeah. support 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 us. Support Hidden Hustle. Tell your friends. Give us a. You know what? Get hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, tell your friends about this show. If you think it's good, I think we do a great job on this show. Uh, obviously we're, I'm biased, but I think we do a great job. Uh, I, I think we're different than a lot of the, the rest of the beat. I think there's a lot of good options on the beat, not shaming anyone. I'm just saying that I think, uh, you know, we're a good, we're, we're a good options to, to listen to. Um, and I hope people read uh, my stuff on ISD and, you know, I get a ton of great feedback, you know, super kind feedback from people all the time. Uh, but support, yeah, support that as much as possible. If you know people who are interested in Notre Dame football and want to subscribe to, to Iowa Sports Daily, tell them. Like it, if they're looking for a place to su subscribe, you know, uh, there you go. Tyler with the super chat, super chat, all thank that you kind for of the stuff. Super chat. Thank you for the super chat, yeah. uh, Tyler. I appreciate the support there. Um, so yeah, I, I would say if support, support the, uh, the, the various things we do, right? Like dimes with Dara, we have a show coming out tomorrow. Like watch that, tell people about it. Right. I, I think that's the biggest thing is like just telling people about the show. Um, you know, people tell, tell us all the time, like, Oh, we love your show. We love your show. Okay. Uh, d thank you for telling me, tell other people that's, that's, that's how you can support us the best. Um, as far as how did I get into the beat and ISD, uh, it was probably <laughs> – well, I, I blogged at UHND.com for a really long time. Um, that's what I did. And we had a – we didn't even – did we have a podcast? We did have a podcast for like a year before. Um, but I got into ISD because of the, the film stuff that I would do on Twitter. And then Matt would – I would talk – I started talking to Matt. And then Matt talked to me about coming on and then, um, and then he talked to Mike about me coming on and then that's how it happened. It's pretty much yeah, it. I forgot to tell how I think so. Uh, actually for everyone who knows Matt Freeman, right. I think if you listen to this, you probably know Matt Freeman pretty well. I think he's, uh, I think he's the best on the beat right now. If you're, if you're checking him out, no one, no one knows the team and recruiting as well as Matt. Uh, he's just fantastic at, at his job. Uh, also, you know, uh, bias as well. Cause he's a good buddy, buddy of mine. Right. But, uh, that I've worked with for many years, but, but Matt and I came on 
basically the same time at Our Sports Daily. And it was Christian McCollum from Our Sports Daily who was the one who kind of got us, connected us with Mike. And yeah. that's how uh, that's how we started. And I was doing my own thing uh, for a while. I had my own site and I was doing just recruiting stuff and I was freelancing and I did, uh, you know, I've been a, a Notre Dame fan. I, I was a Notre Dame fan for growing up uh, for a large chunk of my life. And then I was doing freelance stuff for like a Virginia Tech site uh, and for a Pac-12 site for recruiting stuff, just evaluation stuff, scouting stuff. And then I got connected with uh, the guys who are at 18 Stripes right now, which used to be, uh, they used to run um, the SB Nations one foot down and then they moved and went independent, all a bunch of great dudes uh, over there. Uh, and yeah, so I started out doing, and I was doing stuff there. And while I was doing stuff there and, and doing whatever, I met Christian at the opening uh, one year, I think it was like 2014. 14 maybe so i can't remember i think it was 2014 and then yeah anyways and then uh about a year later i i started isd yeah uh mike in oklahoma thank you for the super chat there's a there's a, a re-raise situation going on over here uh so we appreciate that thank you for the support uh there um so yeah man it's uh i love working for isd it's great that everyone's awesome uh mike is awesome mike is like a, truly a great boss he is uh he he's he's always um he's very uh how do i put it he always understands like he'll always work with you right and he will always like he's he's very understanding of everything um you know he he's always supported us and he's always you know he's had ideas for the show as well uh, but he's and he's done a great job on the beat for like Decades. He's the Godfather. Yeah, Mike the Godfather. Frank is the Godfather. I yeah. mean, there's a reason so, so many people have been subscribed to him for like 20, 30 years, right? Like, yeah. So I'm 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 proud to be here and we're, we're happy to do this show. And uh we'll keep going. Uh let's see. Ryan MCD uh MACD. Uh can I get your five most likely transfer quarterbacks? I think coming up with five is hard because it's really it, it's unknown um who's actually entering the portal. Who are a couple where it's like you think just whether they're in the portal or not, like just I think they're a good fit for Notre Dame and what they want to do. Um, well, I, I someone mentioned it earlier. We talked about it earlier Riley Leonard from Duke, a, a guy who's I think he's a good player. He's had a miserable season. Obviously, hasn't played for a while. Like basically, Howard Cross ended up ruining his season. Obviously, yeah. not intentionally. Right. Um, and, uh, and and also Al Golden too because Al Golden does that to quarterbacks, and that was yeah. So, but I think he's a good. I think he's a good player. They don't have a ton of talent. They didn't have a ton of talent at receiver. Like, definitely didn't even have like a like Mitchell Evans would be by far their number one weapon uh, yeah. if 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 he played for Duke. Um, and like Chris Tyree would be by far, uh, in my opinion, like he would just they Notre Dame is much more talented, even with all the injuries than Duke at receiver. And uh, he's mobile. Uh, he's got a good arm. Uh, he, he's, you know, throws on time. I, I like him. 
I, th- I think he's there's definitely a lot more meat on the bone, and I doubt he's going to go to the NFL after this. And then obviously um, Pratt from Tulane, who's because you kind of know that he's going to go there. I mean, certainly is a guy that I've watched not a ton of him. I've watched enough of him to think that he's a pretty good player. And I, I think he's definitely somebody who could, he's certainly good enough to start at a power five program, right? At a power five program and someone that out of the guys that you kind of think, I mean, those are the only two guys that I can think of that I think are uh, pretty good that I'm fairly confident they'll be in the portal, but outside of that, I don't really know anybody else like that. Like we, you know, kind of mentioned briefly that like, you know, Quinn and yours is back. So that means, I don't know if Malik Murphy or Arch Manning is going to be in there. Um, I'm not a big Malik Murphy guy, so it wouldn't be for me, but like, I mean, certainly if Arch Manning is there, I mean, I think that's a guy you just take a shot on and see what happens. It, but I, my guess is he's probably got previous relationships with someone that he wants to go somewhere else. But um, I don't know. I, I don't really, I've looked at some of the quarterbacks that uh, would be potentially available. And I mean, it's not a great list guys, <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. why cam rising, right. It's like people like cam rising. It's like, I mean, is he even going to get an extra year? Um, I think he's, I mean, certainly he'd be a guy you you could add, but I just, I, there's a lot of questions there. And I mean, would he, wouldn't he just want to go back to Utah? I mean, he's definitely better than the guy that they've got the, you know, the pig farmer dude that they got going right yeah. now. So like, I, I just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions up in the air there. Yeah. It's, it's, th- that's why I'm always like, I'm always on Leonard Riley because he fits stylistically what Notre Dame is. And same thing with Cam Rising. Like, like people talk about Jalen Daniels and people talk about um, you know, like you're talking about Malik Murphy, like that they're playing in completely different offenses right now than what Notre Dame wants to do. And we saw Hartman, we've seen yeah. struggle Hartman with it, you know? So they, but then it, it's an open question. Like who is it? If, if we're project, I'm projecting that onto, you know, a Jared Parker offense. I don't know that that's going to be the offense. I don't know who they're going to bring in. Like, we got a super chat from uh, Pops who says uh, Sean Lewis from Colorado, the next OC. Like, I don't see Sean Lewis being a fit for what Marcus Freeman wants to do. He Marcus Freeman wants to be pro style. He does. He wants to be like Georgia. He wants to be like Michigan. Like, that's what he wants. Is is Sean Lewis going to bring you that? Like, I don't, I don't know that he would. I, and the other thing is, is that – it's kind of like, uh, you know, someone brought it up on uh, Power Hour too, right? It's like you can't square peg round, round hole it if a guy isn't going to adapt to what Notre Dame has on the roster. Yeah. yeah. Because Notre Dame can't be quick fix and get a bunch of receivers. Like they might get a couple in the portal, but they're not going to all of a sudden add like a ton, right? Like, um, and even then, even if teams that try to do it, like Wisconsin tried to be like, okay, well, now Phil Longo, we're going air raid. Well, God, I mean, it's been rough. It's been Tough. rough. So it's one of those things where, I mean, they can't afford to have a transition year. So it's yeah. like, if you don't have a guy who's going to adapt right away, it's the wrong choice. And this is why I, I'm 
I always kind of pound the table like publicly and privately for Brian Lindgren of Ohio or Oregon state. Cause he like runs the type of offense that I think Marcus Freeman wants. Yeah. You know? And so that's where a um, run heavy team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carmel Murphy. Yes. I used to write for UHND. Um, I wrote like 15, 2015 to 2021. Yeah. The 2021. So if you, if you search Greg, my name and then UHND, you'll find my author history and I've got, I'm, I wrote I've, over like a hundred articles or something like that. Um, did a lot there. All right. Next question. Uh, Silverback. What is the one change Colin Spark can make with the offense that would change, would make everything execute? So not that there is one, just one silver bullet, but what would you do? Like do this one thing more and it's, it'll, it'll help you like, you know, help the offense going forward. I say it's the RPOs that just like taking the free access stuff. Like mm-hmm. they kind of did it against Pitt, like at least somewhat. Um, and part of that was game plan specific, but I don't think they take enough of those, you know, they don't take, they don't, they don't take enough of that easy stuff. And um, it's not sexy. Right. It's, it's not sexy to, to do that, but um, it is. That's how you don't get stuck in third and 10, you know? So I, I think uh, they need to do more of that. Uh, yeah. I, I So I, I think that like a good example of that too is um, someone asked me about a play in the cleansing game. It was the, uh, they went, it was second. This is when they were backed up. It was in the fourth quarter. They were backed up. And it was the play. It was the play before they ran the bubble to Chris Tyree that got stopped for like three yards or whatever it is. And it's like, do you, do you, this someone asked me, do you like the call? And I said, well, no, not against when, um, when Clemson mugged up the, the slot. I didn't like it then, you know. Because then means you got to get the ball out more on the play before. And this is when we, we talk about like being able to get into a play. The play before Notre Dame's in trips to the to the top of the screen to the field. And Clemson's clearly playing man. And they have three defenders 10 yards off the ball. And so what does Notre Dame do? They run a bunch of curl routes at 10 yards. It's like, well, that's what they want. Right, like they, 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 that's the they're perfectly set up to cover that. So that's when you check into screen when you have a bunch of defenders who are playing off. Check into that, or check into just a bunch of just a bunch of stops. Check into the screen is just the like that is something too. That's something everyone has. Should everyone has that? Everyone at least should have that. Yeah, yeah, they Um, should. And so just check into it, and like like you said, that's free access. Like they're they're giving it to you. Just take it. Take it and go. So yeah. um, that's the that's 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 kind of where it has to be um, for for them. I think the free access is correct. I would say, you know, I was thinking the other day, Jamie is uh, is the you know the 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 opening game against Navy. They went under center and they took that shot to Tobias and they, they threw it short and it could have been interference, but it wasn't. I don't think they've run that play again this year. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember them run, ever running it again. Maybe they have, and it just it was it was uh, something that I don't remember. But um, 
it's just I, I I just don't remember it. Um, it's like more of that would be great, right? Just like uh, more of that stuff, you know. Uh, Rajon says I had similar complaints with Reese. Yeah, I did. I did with Reese. Um, but Reese kind of made up for it in other ways. Um, where Parker kind of doesn't, right? Like Reese didn't didn't take free access, but he did a like a really he was really good at play action. He was really good at motion. He was really good at uh, uh, switching formations, out leveraging the defense. Like so, he was good yeah. at other kind of things. Uh, that was the thing that I I wasn't happy with Reese about, but he had other things that he kind of he had in his bag that made it a lot uh, easier for the offense. Think about that Logan Diggs touchdown in the bowl game. That game that is a perfect example of what you kind of get from Tommy Reese. Is he yep. can get you in those situations where it's like, yep. I mean, obviously not all of those are gonna go for 75 yards or whatever, but like that was gonna be a big play. And it just that was a schemed big play, right? Like and he was and he was and that was a play that they ran with Pine and with Buckner. So it wasn't just yes. the running element, like that was a staple yeah. in the offense, and they're really good at it. Iris Bronx uh, asks, is there a sense on whether or not there will be a new strength and conditioning coach brought on after the season? I have to, they, this to me is like a hundred percent. Yes. You have to do that. You can't, I would be shocked just, if there wasn't right. Like it, it, it's it, Hale is I'm sure fine. Right. Like I, I'm sure he's standard, but like Bayless was a huge part of the resurgence of Notre Dame and culture and everything like you have to yeah you have to try to recreate that you can't just be you know can't just be through uh can't just be like promoting up well it if, wasn't, if, that wasn't even the plan well the thing is if he can't if it was one of these things where it was just so obvious or whatever people were like yeah like that's it makes sense right because yeah. sometimes it happens that way but it's i don't think it's been that um i think someone that's a uh oh we'll wait we'll wait well, there's another yeah. question later, something like that. Yeah. But uh, Blue Claw asks, Ivan Taylor, commit watch, or does he wait until uh, winter or spring? Um, I asked about this. It seems like he's pretty evident or adamant he wants to wait till February. He wants to take more visits after, uh, like in the you know in December, in January, and then um, and then get get to you know get to that. Um, and you know, go to February, uh, but it seems like their name leads for him. What What do you think of Ivan Taylor? I like him. I like him a lot. Obviously, he's the son of Ike Taylor. For people that don't mm -hmm. know, the former Steelers cornerback, uh, who's a really good, uh, really good uh, press corner for them. Ivan could play corner, but he's probably a safety. Um, tough kid, really competitive. Saw him at uh, Irish Invasion. Um, this year he was there another guy. So, I mean, Notre Dame really likes getting that those in-person evals and they really liked him in person, thought he competed really, really hard, really, really hard. Loved how he competed, obviously has the kind of physical traits that you'd look for, um, there. Um, I think he's a good, I think he's a good player. Like I, I would, he's one of those guys too, that you kind of like, and it's not just obviously cause his dad was an NFL guy. I think he's a high floor kid, very high floor. Yeah. I mean, it's what you want, right? And this is where you get the effect of like Kyle Hamilton first, Xavier Watts second, 
you know, where it's one, it's like you get a guy who's like a star and he, he becomes a star, you know, like highly rated out of high school becomes a star first round pick. He's killing the NFL right now. And then you have Xavier Watts who wasn't like converted player. Then he becomes a star all American, you know, through development. So you get both ends of that. Right. Um, And that's, that's kind of always what you want. Uh, he's got good tape out there and we all know the importance of good tape, Jamie and good film and good video. And, uh, if you want that for yourself, for your website, for your child or friend or whoever, then you can hit up VSR media founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy award-winning anchor Vahid Sadrazadeh. VSR media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Iris Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. All right, next question uh, from Funk Beavis. Penix and Jaden Daniels are showing that some guys need more than one year to show what they can do. Should college football consider making COVID year permanent or is five to play four plenty? I think five to play four is, pl- is plenty. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing if they did it, but I think it changes the, the one thing that people don't um, – take into account is how this is impacted, like how many scholarships like are given out to uh, high school kids. So less kids get high, less kids from high school get scholarships because of all these six year guys, which is probably better for college football and better for like uh, right now in terms of guys getting, because obviously there's a six year guy is going to be better than uh, a three-star freshman guy like 99.9% of the time. Right. But it just, I, I don't think it's good overall for um, kind of what it's done. And then obviously like portal wise, there's so much like changing the teams, which is, you know, it's good. can be good and bad. Um, I don't know, like take advantage of, of what they have had right now. But I just, I don't think overall it's, it's the best uh, for, for it to be that way. Um, and I mean, look at it with, in some other ways, some guys like should Brandon Armstrong, maybe that guy didn't need another year, you know, like there's just, it's, you can point to the other, the other direction too. Yeah. I mean, I, with the four years or the four games too, like you kind of do get five to play five at this point, you know? Um, it's four games plus the bowl. So it's really five. Like you do, you do get five games essentially as a, uh, and, and still take your red shirt. Um, so that works out um, for players. I, I, I think you made good points there. Um, I do want to get to this comment from John Klimek about a, uh, a transfer quarterback. Uh, Got to be a role player quarterback, not a starter. Someone that can help lead behind the scenes. Um, those guys are hard to find, man. Like it's hard to find someone who is kind of okay not playing you know Who's like the plan no what you can get it that. like there was a kid who uh who went to usc 
a couple years ago. He ended up tearing his ACL in the spring game. But it was like, you know, it was was like clearly like you're not going to be the starter. But at the same time, like he did make the move. So it's that there might be a guy who is just like, you know what? I, I want to be at a major program. Like a fifth year guy who was like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like someone's like, man, I've done my four years. Um, like I redshirted, did started three years at a smaller school somewhere. I don't know who this is. And it's like, I just want to be at a major program somewhere and just be like, yeah. I'm a Notre Dame fan or something like that. You could find that. I mean, that would be good. Like just regardless, that would be, that yeah. would be a good thing. I mean, I, I, could happen. I mean, there's also the thing like there was Gardner Minshew was supposed to be that he was supposed to go to Alabama yeah. and be a sure. backup. Yeah. And then it was going to supposed to get him into coaching. And then all of a sudden Wazoo was like, we need a quarterback and obviously it worked out and Minshew's in the NFL now. Right. So yeah. it could, I don't know. It could go a lot of ways. I just, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want a thing where it's like, we're taking Hunter Johnson because he's a good kid. You know, like that's what yeah. Clemson did. Like, it's just like, then you're just wasting a scholarship and you're kind of doing what Notre Dame did. Uh, I mean, whatever, I don't need to get into it, but you just, you, you don't need to take somebody just to take up a scholarship. Like, yeah, um, it, it's, it's hard enough. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it's a fine line. It's a fine line yeah. to do that. If they could get someone that really fit that perfect. But that is almost, I think, harder to find than someone who is actually going to be a good starter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, let me blow this up here so I can actually see it. Um, Irish FF1417. Do we realistically think Notre Dame can ever win a national championship? I'm starting to think we will never see it again. What, what are the vibes on this one for you, Jamie? I look at this year, and this is the most wide open year that it's been in college football in a long time. Uh, you know, people like, oh, Michigan, they're dominant. Did they look dominant against Penn State? And, and that's obviously not a, a, a thing you could say, oh, Jim Harbaugh wasn't. Jim Harbaugh wasn't making a difference in the game. What do you tell them to run it 70 times instead of 71 times? Or whatever? Like they yeah. just, it, it, nothing would have changed in that game. Um, this is the whoever wins this year is not going to go down as an all time great team, right? Yeah. And, um, if if Brian Kelly had left the program in a better spot, it, say, like, I think like the 2019 team would have had a, a like a real shot to win a national championship this year, like, you know, how that roster was built, right? Like, yeah, that could have. That could have happened, right? Like, so it's just one of these things. It's like, obviously it's timing and all that. And you can't, I can't really say right now because I think it all depends on how much you upgrade the roster. And if, you know, Marcus Freeman is the right coach or not, or you get the right coach at the right time and, and all of that. Right. Like, and I think Marcus Freeman is definitely the right guy in terms of, building a culture and like keeping a good culture and then like getting acquiring talent and kind of understanding Notre Dame. Um, but then it's like, well, you know, he's got to hire the right staff and he's got to have all this place and, and all of these kind of things. And you just really need kind of a mix of it. And it's like, let's judge Notre Dame when they actually get a good quarterback. 
like a, a, a real guy at quarterback. Like if Notre Dame has a first round pick at quarterback and a good roster, why couldn't they have won a national championship? Like it's not really like a, a thing right now because I don't think like, like Alabama and Georgia aren't this year specifically are not the whatever. And also Nick Saban is going to retire. And whoever the next guy is, isn't going to be as good as Nick Saban. It's just not. Yeah. So, I mean, unless, I mean, Georgia's going to be good every year, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you'll ever find another Alabama, you know, like that quite to that level. Uh, I mean, it might be Georgia, right? But if Georgia's in a down year, like, then it could be wide open. And then the other dynamic is that, man, all these like super conferences that are, it, it's, all this kind of stuff is changing. I'm not saying it's not difficult to win at Notre Dame or more difficult than other places. Uh, it, it is more difficult than a lot of other places, but plenty of places have more resources than Notre Dame and haven't done as well. You know, like Texas yeah. A&M, for example. Right. So I do think that you do need to catch lightning in a bottle with some of this stuff. Like, you need one good class that really just like, okay. Like you need, like, let's say Cam you need Williams. Like a couple, you need like a couple great classes, really. That no, but like but in a row. What, what I mean is like you, you get, let's say Cam Williams and uh, let's just say Micah Gilbert for the sake of it. Like, let's say they're just studs, like just legit, like studs. And and you get a, you get like two guys in the portal who are like good seniors, you know, like good good senior wide receivers. And then Rico Flores and uh, Jaden Greathouse develop, and then the line kind of works out. And then you get a nice portal quarterback. Like it can like just one thing. Like there's no reason to think that like that can't happen, right? It hasn't happened. But like you just need to catch that one thing, and then like you said, then the the classes start to kind of build on each other. But you do have that young core where it's like they're not they're not leaving anywhere. You know, they're not go. It's like it's like uh it's like Notre Dame it with Holtz in 88, right? Like he hit the jackpot with like Rocket. You know, like it's just that is such a huge thing. It didn't, he's a smaller guy, didn't have to be like that. He really didn't. And then he had that good senior defense in 88. And it all just kind of worked out. And then they put a bunch of classes together and they became a dominant team. They ended up winning national title again for like various reasons, like 89, you could have said 93, you could have said 92, but like it was the one just kind of lightning in the bottle group that made it happen. And that's kind of what Notre Dame needs. And that's something that they haven't gotten for whatever reason. Um, and it's like, look, like you just said, like teams have been chased. A lot of teams have been chasing this for a long time and they haven't been able to do it. I mean, shoot, look at dumb Michigan, right? Like they have one half championship in 97. And that was a time when they did, who did they win? Who did they beat? What a 15th ranked Washington state in the Rose bowl by like, whatever, like barely not a like big dominant win. And that's yeah. how they got a half championship. Like they didn't have to play the other team. Like, like that's kind of, and, and, and since then, like nothing, you know, like that, that's kind of what just has to happen for Notre Dame. It's harder now because of the 12 team playoff. It's easier to get in the playoff, 
but it's harder to actually go through. Go ahead. Uh, well, I, there's also a lot of luck that just goes into it, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, um, obviously, 2016 was a disaster year for Notre Dame, but there was a lot of games that year that they could have won that they didn't. And maybe if they go six and six, or just you know, say they go seven and five, eight mm. and four, whatever, right? Which is definitely could have happened. It definitely yeah. could have happened. They still would have had a ton of problems and they still probably would have had to do. Uh, but let's just say they were like, okay, we obviously know we got to change the defense and they hire Mike Elko and Clark Lee. So they still do that part, but they keep Mike Denbrock instead of uh think Mike Denbrock, by the way, they got LSU's got the number one offense in the country. 2015, the top when he called plays 2015, highest ranked in uh OF plus seventh uh best offense at Notre Dame and it's hat. So Mike Denbrock can coach. Uh, you know, LSU was 10th last year, too, right? So and and obviously he did a good job. They didn't have a ton of talent at on Cincinnati's offense either. And he did a good job. They were like top 25 offenses. Um, so that could have happened. And then let's just say they keep, instead of losing Paulson, Adebo, Adebo, and then um, uh, Elijah Hicks and Thomas Graham, they just keep two of them. All those guys got drafted in the NFL. First of all, I'd, I'd like, do they win in 2018 if they got those guys and they, and they keep some of the other guys like Pete Warner, who they lost to Ohio state, like that guy's an NFL player. Like, if they keep those guys in the class, what does it change? Do they land somebody else in, in the process? Whatever. Like there's all these other little things that can happen. It's just, it's like a trickle effect. Right. So um, if Kevin Stefferson doesn't steal some sweatpants, yes. if, well, he's obviously got a lot more stuff than sweatpants, but yes. You know, but like, you know, that's yeah. what ultimately got him. If he's not a knucklehead. School. If he's not a knucklehead yeah. and then just whatever. Right. There's, a, there's been plenty of guys who've been idiots who've done stupid stuff. And then they're like, man, I got to, I got, I, I got to figure stuff out with my life. And then they do. And then the guy ends up being great, you know? So there's a lot of little like what ifs, you know, that can, yeah. can happen there. And sometimes you just need it all to kind of click just yeah. like if, you know, all these guys stayed healthy this year. Well, that does change what it is. It doesn't mean that maybe they wouldn't need to make a change on offense or, or whatever, but they still, they, it would have, been better for Notre Dame if it did, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Rockney 75. Are there any indications that a new OC may be explored? Is it too early to tell or is it more of a wish from a fan? Um, I think we've talked about this uh extensively yeah, yeah. on the show, but thank you for the question, Rockney 75. Uh check out what we talked about earlier and that'll that'll answer your question. Uh Drew Brennan, 77. What would Notre Dame's record be if a healthy Jaden Thomas in all 10 games this year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because it, 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 they hadn't really hit on him. No, uh, they hadn't. Prior to him going down. That's yeah, the problem. So, yeah. It'd be different if they were like, man, he was coming on. If he was like having the kind of year that Mitchell Evans was having in terms of that breakout, then you would have said, man, yeah, that was a gigantic but I think he didn't even get a chance to really break yeah. out. If you think about it, Mitchell Evans broke out after Jaden Thomas got hurt. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't, I don't know. 
I honestly don't know. I, I mean, it's this still might be seven and three. Maybe it's maybe it's nine and one. I don't know, but I mean, he was healthy for most of that Ohio State game and didn't do anything in that game. Uh, he, I think he had three or four targets in the NC State game and didn't make a play in that game. So I, I'm not saying he's not valuable. He was a valuable piece of the offense, but I. I can't say that he's definitely worth this many wins. Yeah. All I can say is that the offense got markedly worse when he left the lineup. And yes, a lot of that had to do with opponent, you know, so that's part of it. Um, a lot of, but it's just like, it is what it is. I, Execution I'm pretty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty confident in that. Like they, whatever, however the games would have gone offensively, it would have been more cohesive. It would have been a better, uh, unit. Uh, Joe Bro says the off Notre Dame O line named semifinalists for the Joe Moore Award. Uh, that's something. I mean, I, I not that expected. Was old. Wasn't that? Was no, that? no, no. It it just came out. Okay. It, it was today. Um, okay. Well, I would I wouldn't expect them to be a finalist. I would so. not either. I wouldn't expect them to be a semifinalist. But they're all good for them. That's a good job. Good job by the O line there. Um. Uh, ju, 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 ju. uh, well, I, let me get to this point by John Climack and why it's hard to answer for the Jaden Thomas thing. One catch, one catch changes a year, one deep ball to Rico, one deep ball to the, um, OSU guy. Who's the OSU guy? I think he's been, um, Emeka Ibuka. Oh he's yeah. Yeah. Club, one yeah. deep ball to great house. Hardman needed one deep ball to be different. Yeah. So basically like, it, that that's where it that you don't know if there's one play that Jaden Thomas makes that doesn't get made in like the maybe like the okay the slot fade to Tyree like maybe they run that to Jaden Thomas or something and he catches it and they go in for a touchdown and end up taking the lead and that whole trajectory of the game changes right like that's why it's hard to it's hard to kind of project that's, that's why I'm just saying like it, on the main I think the offense would have been a lot better and more cohesive it would have been better for sure yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Son of Notre Dame. Are the wide receivers hamstring injuries related to Bayless leaving and a change in the strength and conditioning program? Why or why not? Okay. Why or why not? Impossible to answer. Just impossible to answer because, you know, we're not and 100% impossible for anyone who's not involved in the program to answer. So if anyone's telling you and blaming it on the strength conditioning coach, they'd have no way unless like, Somebody's telling them, and, and even someone within the program might not even definitely know why the thing is. I, I the one thing we can say, Jaden Thomas, whether or not these guys are getting hamstring injuries was from what was going on with the SNC or not. One thing we can, can say, training staff brought Jaden Thomas back too early, they blew it, and that is training staff, not SNC staff. They blew it, and, and that leads back to kind of the Jane Thomas thing. So if you think Jane Thomas was going to make a huge, huge difference, he definitely was going to make a difference. I don't know about a huge, huge difference overall, but he was going to make a difference. I mean, the training staff blew it. They blew it there. That is an L for them, and uh, unfortunately that is, has hurt Notre Dame this year, right? And I, I would even say, too, like as fair or unfair as it's been, there's been a lot of guys who have like retore their ACL too. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, you know, and 
Um, it's one of the reasons too, why Eli Raritan was like, so, so trying to be so, so careful of like not getting back too soon here, which is probably, you know, and who knows if he could have been back earlier or not, but just like, why even risk it because of what has happened before? So I, I don't know what it is there, but there's something wrong there in terms of uh, whether it's essency with some of the stuff and them not doing it, whether it's the training staff, not understanding the, cause everybody's body's different. Everyone's going to react different to rehab and all this kind of stuff. But there's obviously it hasn't gone well for Notre Dame. And a lot of that respects and some stuff is just football guys, you know, uh, Mitchell Evans get hit on the knee and all of a sudden his knee blows up. What are you going to do? Right. Right. But when it's like non-contact stuff and there's other things that are going on or Avery Davis blows out his, uh, knee in um, after doing it again a year like that was obviously a huge thing that happened last year like those are big deals and it's happened a lot at Notre Dame and I I mean I don't think it's happening as much frequently as, as some other yeah. places so that's a problem yeah um, the hamstring thing so I had heard like Tobias was having hamstring problems as far back as the spring and he's had hamstring problems kind of throughout, right? Like it just hasn't been right. Um, and that predates uh, Bayless leaving the program. So there's that. Um, you know, generally speaking, I do think hamstring, like soft tissue issues, period, are a strength and conditioning area. But you, you I would have to hear that there was something drastically different about their in-season uh, workload or how they were going about doing things, how they were going about lifts, how they were going about conditioning, how they were going about recovery and all those things. I would have to hear um, there was something different there that than what um, kind of Hale was doing from Bayless. That would have to be a different thing. Uh, so th I haven't heard that. And so I don't want to say, you know, it's, it's a strength and conditioning issue as it relates to Hale himself. Um, the Jaden Thomas point we have made numerous times that that was blown. Just you can't have that. You have a hurt hamstring in week four or week five. And now we're sitting here in week 11 and it's, he's, he's, I don't expect him to play in this game. I don't expect him to play the rest of the season. The way Marcus Reem is talking, like they've lost him for the season. It sounds like, um, so that's not good. Um, and as far as like coming back from injuries and the, and the, the ACL stuff, there's been a, there has been a reoccurrence of ACLs at Notre Dame in the recent, in recent history. And I would also point out that like, when you have a player like, like Kyle Hamilton, who hurt his knee and he, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, Brian Kelly's talking about being cleared or there were rumors that he's been cleared and he didn't want to come play like the recent history of players coming back and having to reoccur that, that I, I would not be shocked if that played into that decision for him and, you know, having to think about his future and he wanted to go to the NFL and he's gone on to the NFL. I, I think that played into it as well. Like players notice, right. And they, they need to protect themselves. And so it's just something to, to keep in mind. When, when talking about player injuries and coming back, um, same thing for Eli Raritan as well. So, 
next question, Drew Brennan. Uh, the pain third and 10 run against Clemson seems to be a microcosm of the season. Wrong personnel, wrong play call, wrong decision to then try the field goal afterwards. So basically, uh, it's kind of a long question. Just kind of sum it up from Drew. Um, what happens? How do the coaches adjudicate this amongst themselves? Because I think something like that is, I'll bet you that didn't even wait till film. Like that would have been hashed out probably, you know, after the field goal was kicked. Right. Like, yeah. and like, cause there's a question here. Like, uh, does, does Parker ask Freeman why he then kicked the field goal after getting six yards and being a manageable four yards on fourth down? I don't, I don't think that, uh, <laughs> I don't think Parker's really in the position to be like, what, why'd you do that? Right. Like, um, but yeah, if, if, if Freeman didn't like the call, he would just ask him, like, why are we running it there? I mean, and if he didn't like it, when the call came in, he might have been like, hey, are you sure you want to run here? You know what? I mean, because it is no time to change the play. Maybe he could have called timeout, but you don't want to call a timeout on the first drive of the game. So, but it probably wouldn't have waited till uh, waited till halftime. What's your view on this? Yeah, uh, I oh no, I don't think it waited to halftime. I think they probably did it right after that series. If there was kind yeah. of any kind of disagreement with it, um, you know, I I would say that, um, and you know, they might have talked about it further after. I'm sure they did talk about it further afterwards. Um, I don't even have a problem with them calling a run necessarily there, right? Like I think it's the um, the personnel, right? Like, even though I know it wasn't like a super favorable uh, run situation, like it was like in some of these other things, like you saw, like um, here's an example that people watch the Detroit Lions game, you know, they called, uh, you know, it was a third, third and six, they run the ball. Um, and I realize it's not third and six and not third and 10, but the guy got hit at four yards and then Montgomery like finished it and guess, and, and, I saw like a bunch of people being like, man, Dan Campbell, like just loved it. This guy, whatever. I'm like, if Montgomery's not running like a maniac there and getting two yards after contact, then it is, then people are going to be like, why the heck did they run it there? Right. Yeah. So it's, it can go either way. So I think the biggest thing is Jabron Payne being in rather than estimate or price or love or whoever, right? Like, well, not whoever, those three, right? Like, yeah, you know, that's, that's the, that's the the big thing. And then that's also involved with Dylan McCullough as well. Right. And that's the kind of conversation. I mean, it can happen a whole lot of other ways. I mean, obviously Brian Kelly is the kind of guy who would like go up in a, the face of somebody and get into it. And that's kind of his style of coaching and that's what he would do. Right. But that doesn't see definitely doesn't seem like Marcus Freeman is like getting into confrontations like that on the sidelines. Like Kelly was ever, we never seen it from him. Um, I don't know. It, it's, there has to be, if, if there was poor communication there, that's the thing you got to get worked out right away, right away. after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we saw Michigan do that, but running on third and long, right. You know, they did it consistently against Penn State. They ran yeah. freaking, they ran four, like what, 30 something straight runs? Like they're running on third and long all the time. Yeah. Um, 
I, I do think like they're just to me, you can't you can't run on third and six or third and ten, get six, and then kick field goal. You can't, right? Like, you just can't do that. So, it, it, however it happened or whatever it was, uh, it it can't be like oh, either we get ten or we're kicking, you know, or we get eight. It just like it it needed to be different. I, I agree, they should have had a different personnel in there. Um, but it is what it is. But as to answer the question, like it does get hashed out uh, right away. Um, JJT147, the strength and conditioning coaches is important as OC. How do we know Marcus Freeman gets it? Um, who does he turn to it for advice? Um, I mean, look, any football coach will know the importance of strength and conditioning. It's literally, um, it's like, it's literally like the the bedrock of your program. I mean, how what yeah. condition your players are in, how strong and fast they are. So he doesn't have to be told. I, again, I, I just would be stunned if he did not go out and try to find like a full time, uh, yeah. S and C to to you know take care um, of the situation. Just one thing quick, I'll add to it too, because my cousin, uh, for uh, people that don't know, my cousin was like a long time string conditioning coach at college in, in, in the NFL. Um, and it is one of those things where people have no idea who the good strength coaches are. Like think of how everyone feels about Matt Bayless. Well, Matt Bayless was at friggin' UConn before Notre Dame. Yeah. Why didn't somebody else snap him up? Right? Like why was he at UConn? Right. And it's just kind of bad luck that it just kind of ended up being or whatever, or just something happens. The head coach get fired. It's got something out of control before that. He was at Mississippi state or whatever, and all these other places, but it's like, there's a lot of times there's good coaches and not just good uh, shrink condition coaches, offensive coordinators, position coaches that are at places that you're like, I have no idea where this guy is at. And like before my cousin was the head, was the head strength conditioning coach at Utah state before he got an, a job with assistant of the 49ers. And then he eventually got promoted to be the head guy, the 49ers and was like one, like strength coach of the year. They're winning all the stuff. You know, he was there during the Harbaugh era. And so they're winning all these things. He's getting all the praise and, and, you know, not to say obviously he did, he was doing a good job, but it was like, you know, he was still doing a good job at Utah State. They just team sucked. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like a lot of different things can happen with it. Like people thought Mickey Marotti sucked when he was at Notre Dame. And then when he was at Ohio State, people were like, man, this guy's the culture set. Like it just <laughs> it's one of these, it's one of these things, right? It's very hard. Like everyone's gonna say, like, man, this is a great hire. And really, you just don't know until that guy's actually running the program and, and where it's at. People thought that. Longo uh, was going to be a good hire for Notre Dame until he wasn't, you know, or like, it's just one of those things. Yeah. I was, I was going to bring up Mariotti because I remember when he was at Notre Dame, he was like, Oh, he's doing it wrong. And it's just not, you know, too many Olympic lifts or too many of this kind of lift and everything. And then he moves on and he's like the greatest thing ever. So, uh, so yeah, so that, that's gonna, that's gonna do it for the show, Jamie. Uh, it's great mailbag. Enjoy the conversation. Love to get back to it. Um, we're going to be back on Thursday, uh, previewing, uh, the game against Wake Forest, getting to more of your questions. There was a question in here. 
uh, about who should stay. Joe Bro asked who should stay and who should go on senior day this Saturday. So who basically of all, of, of all the players are going to be running out who want to see back. We'll get into that on a Thursday. So you're going to want to check in and keep locked in to irisportsdaily.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, please subscribe. Please like. Please hit the notification bell so you know we're going live. Dines with Dara is going to be out tomorrow uh, in the morning time, so check that out as well. And uh, have a good rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Thursday, and keep hitting and hustling.